Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. That's a 20% down payment on the average price of a house in 2022, according to the Zebra. So no matter how much money you make, that is a sizable amount of money. After you rifle through your couch cushions and pull out all your rusty calculators to figure out how many coffee runs you might need to skip, the question remains, where are you going to find that kind of cash? Well, in this Ask Shauna, I'm answering the burning question, should I take money from my retirement account to buy a house? Or is that the worst decision ever? Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey, hello, it's Shauna. You're listening to Everyone's Talking Money. And I've got to tell you, it is honestly so hard to choose which Ask Shauna questions to talk to you about each week because you all send in some really amazing questions. And what I love is that you're also sending in questions that go beyond what I call like traditional money how-to questions and 
you're digging into deeper, you know, things about money, you're, you're diving into your goals. And more importantly, you're trying to figure out the why behind everything. And that's just, it's really inspiring to me, because it means that after, I think we're at 965 episodes or something like that, that I've done so far, I I feel like I'm helping you shift how you look at your money and the role it plays in your life. And that just makes me so incredibly happy. I cannot even tell you. So keep those Ask Ashana questions coming. It could be a small question. It could be a big question. I've got a link right in the show notes that you can hop over. It's a quick, quick, quick little form. You can keep yourself anonymous. You don't have to share your name. But this is, I feel how we really connect as a community is you asking these questions. And sometimes I need to bring in another expert to kind of help round out the conversation. But a lot of these I just love kind of, uh, you know, having this loose format and, and talking to you kind of off the cuff about these questions, the things that that just come up for me. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I am a classically trained money expert. I'm a certified financial planner. I do not practice any longer because this is what I do for a living now. But these days I really call myself a, a recovering <laughs> certified financial planner. And here's why. You know, I got really tired of working with people and nothing would change for them. And I kept saying, why is this happening? How do you really change things for yourself? Because in so many different scenarios, you know, they would hire me, hire a financial planner, and they're paying, you know, a fair amount of money. And we go through everything, everything about their money and their goals and lay out this, uh, this, you know, long financial plan. And then I'd follow up with them in a couple of months. And nothing would have happened. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to put some more action steps into the financial plan. No, nothing really changed. And so it just got to be really frustrating to me. And I I kept thinking, it cannot be, change cannot be through, you know, an elegant 50, 60 page financial plan that honestly, they're pretty out to date the minute that, you know, would be handed over to you because your numbers are going to change. And a lot of the variables, variables just change. And it change also can't come just from making more money or saving more money, because if that was the case, you'd probably be able to be much further along in your money goals. Those things are great, but you know, do they mean that you're living a good life or you're living a life that feels fulfilled? So many people say no, and I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know if you have had times in your life where maybe you have been a better saver, better spender, and you've felt like, okay, I'm going to, this time I'm actually going to be able to achieve my goals. And then it didn't work. And so you're like, you know, what the F? I'm doing all this work and nothing is actually working. So I'm I'm rambling a bit here, but today's Ask Shauna, I think really calls out the discrepancy between just going online and looking up money advice, which you can do for a lot of things, but looking up the advice is not the problem. (laughs) That is the actually very easy part. Uh, You know, you can get a really slick financial plan. You can practically figure out what the money steps are for you. You know, what, what kind of passes the smell test But how do you actually 
change something? And how do you figure out what is really important for you to change? So you could look things up online. You could use, you know, chat GPT to try and like figure out the best financial plan for yourself or whatever it might be. But are there strong enough motivating factors for you to actually make those changes? I argue a lot of the time the answer is no. That's just from my personal experience, uh, from my expert experience. So, you know, before we get into, into the question, I just have a little bit of a, of a selfish ask for you. I want you to really think about what sort of money changes you want to make and what is actually getting in the way. And this requires yourself or requires you, I guess, to really look in yourself and have a little introspection. And then I want you to figure out like what money changes you actually want to make. Why are those actually important to you? Why do those matter to you? What would change? What is the difference in your life? And is that something that is a strong enough motivating factor for you to make that change or for you to go in that direction? It doesn't even necessarily have to be a change, right? What is, you know, I, I, I think when it comes to money, we make changes or we move towards our goals when why we want to do it and the thought and the feeling behind it is so strong that we just have no choice but doing it. So this all kind of bleeds into the Ask Shauna question. This question comes from Dominique and Dominique says, Shauna, I have been enjoying this podcast for over five years now. Wow, that is some commitment. <laughs> Thank you so much for all you do. I've learned a lot. I'm just a happier person because I feel like there's a place where I can learn without having to fork over a lot of money. I also just took your course on Fuck Your Relationship with Money and my mind is blown. The money story part really rocked my world and I had so many ahas. I can't believe it. So I'm a first generation person in my family to the US and I've achieved a lot that my parents could only dream of. I have a great job. I'm lucky to make around $125,000 a year, and I don't take that lightly. I live in Chicago. I have a great life as well. And my partner and I are thinking about buying a home in the burbs because my accountant said we might save money on our taxes. We saved about $53,000, uh, and that is the most amount that we could save up to this point, mainly because I still support my parents some, and I'm helping to pay for my sister to go to college. I'm trying to figure out if I should take money out of one of my retirement accounts to bring our down payment up to 20% down. I know you have to pay private mortgage insurance if you put down the less than 20%, and I feel like if we really buckle down or stretch, we can make it work. We were pre-approved for a house price of $475,000 thanks to your recommendation to do that. So that means we need to save around another $94,000. Yikes, that's a lot of money. I can realistically probably save another $20,000 this year, and my partner's parents are willing to give us about 5,000, so we're still short. Okay, so here's why I'm trying to figure out, Shauna. Should I take the remaining bit out of my retirement accounts, either my 401k that has a balance around $76,000 or my IRA that has a balance around $28,000? I just really wanna buy a house, and I know it's probably the worst time to think about doing this, but I just really want a house. With a house, I can have a place for my parents to move into eventually, a place we can call our own, and it feels a lot being first generation and watching my parents struggle. It just feels like it would be a huge success. You always talk about money story, and this is part of mine, struggle, and I just want to move past struggle. I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. 
please help. Just don't know what to do here. Dominique, wow. You know, thank you for being a listener all these years. That's amazing. The show has definitely evolved over five years. So thanks for being along on the journey. Thanks for being a student in my course. I'm so, so glad that you got a lot out of it. Um, If you're listening and you're interested in what that course is all about, I'm going to be talking about that uh, in June. We're going to do another release of the Unfuck Your Relationship with Money course. And it is, um, it's a lot. You're going to learn so much information and it's going to change everything for you. So Dominique, I'm, I'm so excited that you're thinking about this money decision from, from all sorts of different perspectives. So let's break this down a little bit. Let's look at, you know, the sort of traditional way of thinking about this. Traditional advice would tell you absolutely not. Do not take money out of your 401k or out of your IRA. And that's because of the magical power of compounding, right? It's money stacking upon money. And so the longer time horizon that you have for that money to stack and to compound, the greater that amount of money grows to. And it could, you know, it's it's a math equation. It is just math. And it could be, you know, really big. I mean, if we look at uh, a calculator, a, a compound interest calculator of somebody who's in their 20s and starts putting away just a small amount in a retirement account and just does that repeatedly over time, it's very easy for you to get to, you know, a million plus dollars uh, of, of account value, right? That's not the amount of money you put in. That's how much your account has grown to due to compounding over 30, 40 years. It's just, it becomes magical and it's just math. But your IRA is probably the quote unquote easiest place, probably best place, I might argue, to take out $10,000. So here's how it works. You know, if you if you take money out of your IRA, you are subject to a 10% penalty plus any amount you take out is technically added to your gross income for that year if you're under 59 and a half. So let's say you made that $125,000, you took out $10,000 for your down payment, then your gross income for the year would be $135,000. So a couple of things to think about. You know, first, does that put you in a different tax bracket where maybe you might owe more taxes? This is a great question for an accountant to look over. And, you know, to give you a good idea of where you might be, you can also just go online and look up the um, income brackets for whatever year you choose to do this and kind of get a rough idea yourself. The second thing to think about, again, is will you have to come up with some additional cash at tax time? Again, a question for your accountant just to run some numbers. But here is the kind of sexy part, if I can use that word of taking money out of your IRA for a first-time homebuyer. If you take money out, that 10% penalty actually will be waived if you're a first-time homebuyer. So here are the rules. Qualified first-time homebuyers can withdraw up to $10,000 from their IRA penalty-free to buy, build, or rebuild a first home. You must close on the transaction within 120 days of receiving the funds and the IRS defines a first-time home buyer as someone who has not had an interest in a primary home for two years prior to the date of closing on this home. So this requirement also includes your spouse, meaning they could do the same thing with their IRA. They could take out $10,000 as well if they have an IRA with that amount of money. And then bam, you've got 
$20,000. So that's kind of a nice, kind of a nice little sexy penalty free, <laughs> uh, you know, something that you can do with your IRA for first time home buyers. Now, you still have to include the amount of money that you take out. You still have to add that on to your taxable income for the year. It's just the 10% penalty that is waived. So let's look at the math. You said you had about $28,000 in your IRA. There's a lot of information that I don't know from what you've told me. I don't know how much you are currently contributing, if any, to your IRA what your plans are for that account, how it fits into your overall financial plan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know so many details, but let's just take what I do know. So using an online calculator, if you had $28,000, you made zero additional contributions. And let's say you earn on average a 10% return. That is the historical average of the stock market. And of course, there could be years where there's more, there's less. So we are just purely looking at this from a math calculator perspective, right? Please know, asterisk, 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 that there are so many different variables that could change here. So again, I don't know your age, but I'm just guessing somewhere that you might have, you know, 25 years left to work until retirement. So if all those factors happened, you'd have $303,000 roughly. Cool. All right. Now let's run the numbers at $18,000. If you took out that $10,000 for your, for your down payment, same exact factors, you'd have $195,000. So there's about $108,000 difference at retirement. So mathematically, you can see there's just a huge difference in taking out that $10,000. What that does over time if we look at the compound interest to the account size. So we've took taken out $10,000 for our, you know, to go towards your down payment. And when we get to the end of 25 years, if all of those factors remain true, there's a $108,000 difference. So it's sizable, right? Now, if you're talking about your 401k, there's a lot more to consider here. One, you've got to ask your HR department or your 401k servicing company if you can actually take out a 401k loan and what the payback interest rate would be. So 401ks, if we take money out, we're taking it out from a loan, meaning you've got to pay it back. So 401ks, they don't qualify for this special $10,000 exemption to buy a house. Then you're going to need to figure out, again, what that loan payment would be and is that feasible in your budget for you to pay that back. And here's the kicker for the 401k. If you take a loan out and you decide to leave the company, you usually have to pay that loan back ASAP. (laughs) And that can really suck. I've had a lot of friends who have uh, done that, have taken out a loan out of the 401k and not realized that if they left the company, they needed to pay it back. And one friend had to pay it back within like three months And it was a sizable amount of money. So then it comes to where do I actually go to find that money? So moral of the story, I usually don't recommend taking a 401k loan unless you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely have to. And then in that scenario, just understand the variables and, you know, get all the information. I'm a big fan of if you get all the information and you choose to make a decision, that's great because you've got all the information. If you don't know all the information, then it's really hard to make 
you know, a really educated um, a decision, right? So that's the mass side of things. But as Dominique said, there's another side that a plan or a calculator does not deal with. And that is the emotions behind this purchase. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. 
Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete.me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete.me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete.me is not just a one-time service. Delete.me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. So when I was thinking about the emotional side and what you were talking about being a first generation American and, you know, what it really would mean to your family, Dominique, I was really touched by that because that just further illustrates that making money decisions are not solely based on math or they're not solely based on, you know, some sort of checklist of order of things that you that you need to do things in. And I think that's really the sort of stale, stagnant part of kind of the old school financial advice that I really just move in the complete opposite direction <laughs> because you're a human, you have emotions, you have feelings, and I can show you the math behind something. But if your emotion and your feeling is is the driving force, and that is something that is calling you to make a certain money decision or to, to do something with your money, it doesn't matter what the math looks like, because the math has an absolutely zero feeling behind it. Are you going to get to the end of those 25 years with your IRA, with all those factors we talked about? And are you going to say, I really wish I had that extra $108,000? You might, but chances are in 25 years, you're not even going to remember that that was the scenario at hand. You're going to remember that you were able to take this money out through this special exemption and you were able to buy the house that you felt really comfortable with and that it provided your family with security and safety and you know all of those things that you were talking about were really important to you. So if you're listening and you're considering a money decision and you're looking at the math side of things, I want you to also just take a time out and think about the emotional side, good or bad. How does that factor into your decision? Because we're not just creatures, we're not just robots that kind of just march around and we only deal with the math. That's really boring. (laughs) And that is how I feel like 
you know, you can get to a certain money goal and you're just, you don't feel fulfilled. You don't feel happy. Maybe it felt very robotic and maybe then your brain's like, no, we're going to do the complete opposite. So I want you to be encouraged to bring in your emotions, bring in your thoughts, your feelings, because all of that is a really important piece of how you're creating this life you want to live and how you're going to use the money that you have to get you there or to move you in that direction. So I was looking up some facts about, you know, first generation Americans, and I thought this would be really interesting to talk about. There's some information about financial challenges that first generation Americans have in a Motley Fool full article. I will link that in the show notes. I think it's worth a read. So here's a little bit about what they found. 49% of people surveyed, first generation Americans, provide financial support to family members outside of the U.S., while 43% support family domestically. Only 18% said they do not provide financial support to family members. So Dominique, you had mentioned that you would have been able to save more money for your down payment, but you couldn't because you were supporting your family members. So I think that's really great. Again, you know, this is something that's really important to you. They also found that 60% of those who provide financial support to family members use more than 25% of their monthly paycheck to do so. Uh, that, again, comes back to you. It's not necessarily about math. It is about the emotions and how this makes you feel. 67% of respondents said that their retirement planning includes providing for their parents or elders. Over half of these respondents say that this planning creates at least some stress. And I get it because, again, we're looking at these two scenarios. We're looking at the math and then we're looking at the emotions. And it's really hard to figure out which one of those win. And I think the the stress that you feel, uh, I don't know. I've never been in this situation, but I would imagine that the stress that you feel of needing to take care of your parents or take care of your elders is really strong. I know that it's probably a motivating factor behind why you work as hard as you do, why you make maybe, you know, some of the sacrifices that you do. I mean, that's, it's very stressful. It's hard enough to figure out how to take care of yourself in retirement, let alone figure out how to take care of anyone else. 71% of respondents report helping their parents navigate their finances. And first generation Americans have generally built good financial habits like keeping emergency fund and contributing to an employer-sponsored retirement plan when it's available. So I like that. <laughs> You're probably doing better than a lot of us that are not first-generation Americans. You probably have more uh, good, good money habits, and I like to hear that. So I just thought that was really interesting. Then there was another interesting study from the Joint Center for Housing Studies at Harvard, and they found that being able to buy a house increased with each generation and that first generation Americans had lower home ownership percentages. So I think the stats that we were just talking about before really speak to the reason why. There is a huge financial responsibility that you feel as a first generation American to care for your parents and your elders, the people who brought you over to America. And you know, you're you're trying to balance so many different things. So it would make sense that there is a lower home ownership percentage, right? Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? 
Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, listen to The Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. So here's where, again, I'm going to differ from lots of other money experts. I see the math. I know the math. I get the math. But the math only tells one side of the story. And if you do your research and you understand the math too, but you still think it's the best way to reach that 20% down payment, then that is really actually what matters. Because when you're sitting in your house and you're feeling amazing feels in your house, (laughs) 
I don't really think you're going to be thinking about the math. I know uh, I recently moved about a year and a half ago to uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and I had no idea what to expect. I mean, I obviously had visited Asheville many, many times before. My husband, his uh, father doesn't live too far from here. And so, you know, I had a rough idea of what to expect. But when we moved here and we were in our house, it was just like, I don't know, it was like the most amazing feeling ever. We spent more than we actually wanted to spend. But there was something about this house, I have to tell you, it's so weird. Like the first week that we were in the house, I looked at Jeff and I was like, I sort of feel like I've lived here before and I don't know how to like explain that feeling. I don't know how to like articulate it in words because it's just actually a very weird feeling, but I feel like I have, you know, stood in the living room and walked down the hall. I don't know. There's just something about it. I, I, I can't explain it. If you're listening, you can explain it. Let me know. But there's just this feeling you get when you're in a place that you love that you feel like it's yours you know as as i'm recording this episode right now i'm looking at my office window and there's just a million trees and they're beautiful right now with green leaves and it just feels like it feels like the most beautiful kind of forest that i live in and the way the sun kind of comes through the trees it's just super mesmerizing to me um, it doesn't snow too much here where I live. We, we get like a couple dustings the year before 2022, we had the most amazing day, just full day. I think we got about 10 inches of snow and I'm one of those crazy people that really loves seasons. So one thing I didn't get when I was living in Los Angeles, I didn't get seasons. It is pretty much always 70 some odd degrees and sunny which I know it definitely has its allure for many people, but I'm a person who just gets very invigorated with seasons. So this day that it snowed, I mean, it was just the whole town, the whole city shuts down and it was just stunning. And I remember walking down from uh, the bedroom down into the living room and our house kind of sits up a little bit higher on a hill. So you just look out and it's just beautifully coated in white everywhere. And, you know, the flurries are coming down. And I just had a moment where I was like, is this heaven? <laughs> like, have I died and gone to heaven? Because this is the most perfect like moment I could ever imagine. And it's in my house and I just feel so warm and cozy. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that in your house where you just feel like, can it get actually any better than this? So those are the moments I love. And I just, I feel like when you, you get to have that experience again, it just, the math kind of just goes out the window. And also Dominique, you know, if, if we're looking at the numbers and that $108,000 difference is really freaking you out, there are ways that we can make up that difference. We can start contributing again to your IRA. We can, you know, there's lots of different factors that I don't know in your scenario, but there are ways to to bridge that gap some if if you're really really uncertain. So again by doing research and really finding out answers, so I mean like talking to your accountant to figure out if you're going to owe taxes, talking to your HR department if you're looking at taking money or taking a loan, I should say from your 401k, just 
really looking at all of the variables, doing your research, and then figuring out if this is the best decision to make, because then you can look at the math, but you can also think about the emotions and you can figure out where to go. So lots from this question I don't know. Maybe you're currently contributing to your 401k. Maybe you have a nice, rich, juicy match and you feel like you're going to make up this difference in compounding over the years and it's not going to be that big of a deal. So you know you, you know your situation better. But if I was you, I am actually a fan of using exemptions like this, being able to take out $10,000 from your IRA for the special exemption for being a first-time homebuyer. I, I, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of like it. I'm kind of in favor of it, but this isn't my decision. This is your decision. So, you know, you need to figure out what, uh, you know, what makes most sense. I think if you've looked at all of the angles and it, it feels good to you and, it's going to help you feel this sense of security. And I think we don't we don't put enough weight on the price of security and of comfort and of feeling like if all else fails, you've got this place that is yours. And also, you know, you're not subject to rent increases anymore. And, you know, there's so many different things. We could argue this both ways. Um, I am a, a fan of buying a house and I am not a fan of buying the house. <laughs> so I have lots of different opinions on this, but I've, I've helped a lot of friends use this exemption and it's been the best decision that they've made, but you know, it's their decision and it is completely personal. So I'm a fan of getting all the math, getting all the plans, getting all the info, and then putting it through the smell test. Is this right for me? Is this right for us? Does this align with my vision and my values? Will it help me sleep at night? Um, you know, maybe my my heart races all the time when I think about renting and I think about not having a place for my family. Maybe that'll just help me get better sleep. So all of these things are things just to think about. I'm just posing a lot of questions for you, Dominique. But I hope this helped you get a little bit centered on that question. Again, if you have an Ask Shana, you can head to the show notes and, uh, you know, send your question. It can be big or small. I'd love to tackle it. But I want you to remember, I want you to follow one of my money rules. And this is this. Break the quote-unquote traditional money rules after you have thought about it and done research. If it moves you towards what you want in life. And lastly, don't ever feel like you have to apologize. If you use a special exemption and it helps you get in your house and you know the math, who cares? You do not have to you do not have to rationalize this decision to absolutely anyone. This is your decision and you're empowered to make it. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or family member and bring them into all of these fun Ask Shauna questions. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode sponsor, as well as a lot of the articles and studies that I mentioned in this episode. I'll see you, my friend, back here in a few days for a brand new episode.